2: this, but we don't show prep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. No,
3: I, I just barely yourself. make let's... it in.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm sure you get to We don't show prep. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, let's put the cards down on the table here.
4: Miami Hurricane yeah You know the name already It's Mercy, ha ha it's the 6 Rick Kane show, can't forget the name though Got jazz, blue vision, DJ break the game code Ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up. Real poor alive from the hall Rock Stadium Ball 14 for the orange and or green We see the 6 rig Champs, it's more than a dream This is life on the field Beyond a hundred yards a hurricane that's never still put a damage to your squad The 6 rig Kane show The 6 rig Kane show
2: I guess the, the the last thing I want to touch on for we we will talk about the coaching. I know there's been some questions in the chat around that in terms of philosophy and all of that. I do want to I wanna well I guess to lead into that I'm gonna throw this out there to Blue and DJ, but whoever wants can take it. Is there any realistic chance that like Mario in the offseason like studies how to manage a clock? Like or <laughs> are we just no, I'm I'm not even saying it sarcastically because I think a lot of the stuff we can talk about. In fact, we saw this development of Mark Fletcher, right? And one of the things Jazz and I have been talking about on lot, I think I said on the show, is he didn't have that second-level vision. He would burst through the hole, and then he wouldn't make that last cut to turn you know, his eight, 10-yard games into 20, 30, 50 yards. He did that this week. like He's improving his running style. His vision's getting better. You can see the head coach generally does not improve his <laughs> clock management. And, I mean, it is a concern if we're going to continue to play close games, which we likely are. I mean, as, as overt as the kneeling, not kneeling the ball when you can kneel it and costing your team a game is, which everyone's going to always talk about, right? Like, stuff like you cannot burn a timeout. It's fourth down. You're down seven. There's a minute and a half left. You cannot use a timeout there. Like, you just can't. Like, you got to know better. You, you understand if you stop, if you get stuffed, and you don't make the stupid personal foul, which, of course, we made, you know, they go three and out from the goal line. You do have your timeouts. You get the ball back at midfield with a minute and a half left, minute 20 left. And he learns that timeout. They're able to run an extra half of that time off. It's just – and it's been pretty regular with kind of mismanaging clock. No urgency when we need to go faster. And I just – I mean, to me, that's the part. Because I totally agree with what you're saying, Blue. They're recruiting really well. But the quarterback room needs to be addressed big time because it's just inadequate across the board. And I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of
3: good quarterbacks in there from uh, what I can see. But yeah, I'm assuming they're going to attack that hard, right?
2: And I I do believe in their ability to go in there and get kids to come play here. They've shown they can do that. But man, if you mismanage games like that, it does cost you. And outside of the kneeling, I mean, there are times this year where it's like, like even at the end of halves where you know, we sat on the ball when we should have been more aggressive. Even in this game, even before that end sequence was was where we learned a timeout. The drive before that, look, I know he's been an interception machine. I get it. Tyler Van Dyke was probably your best player in that game. If not him, it's Mark Fletcher. The fact that they would not let him throw on third and medium and they just slammed into the line and kicked a 50-yard field goal to tie the game up, you got to go try to win the game there. By the way, if you go down and to score a touchdown, even with Louisville's touchdown, you just need a field goal to tie it at the end. And those are the types of things where we tend to how much okay, let me let me ask it this way, because obviously I have no idea if Mario's gonna like, you know, study managing the clock or not. But do you think the concern, and this will go into I think some of what Ralph was talking about coaching-wise, do you think some of the conservatism we've seen offensively? Because I think we can definitely say that, especially the back half of the season, there's been a little bit of You know, let's let's run it and punt, let's play conservative, let's not open up, let's play slower, let's bleed the clock. There's a lot more of that in the second half of the season. Is that do you think that's because Tyler Van Dyke was struggling so much they were protecting him? Or is this more of a this is the way we wanna play type of thing? Yeah, DJ, DJ I'll, I'll let you hate. Uh, go go to DJ first. I'll go to DJ first. Blue is not want to step on that landmine. and just put in front of him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel like this is how <clears throat> how the coaching staff wants to play. To be completely honest with you, because we saw it at times last season as well, even. And I was, and I I watched a lot of games this weekend, and obviously throughout the season, and not just Miami. And you'd be surprised at how many you know quality head coaches are terrible in game clock managers and I'm not saying that Mario Cristobal is known for that or anything like that but there's been several times throughout his entire tenure that his his clock management and his game awareness or, or whatever you want to call it just hasn't been there so I do think it's a little bit of a concern heading into next year hopefully he'll correct it somehow and improve it but you know if he hasn't learned it by year three, then I think what we get is what we get, unfortunately. And I'm not freaking out about it, but I do think it's something to keep in the back of our minds in terms of it being a concern.
2: And and I think to, you know, before I throw it to Blue, I think to Mr. Obvious's points, I'll use his phrase. This is what's making me go nuts. I'm like, look, we don't, I can understand the build. I can understand TBD, yeah. you know, how, 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 how like his whatever, whether he's injured or not, whatever it was. Like, the way he was playing really put handcuffs on the offense because if you can't even get him to check it down against a three-man rush, like, what player are you going to call that's going to work? So I get all of that. But, you know, the whole thing about we're going to just settle for these long field goals, which we've done repeatedly the last few weeks. Um, and you know what? Borgas missed a couple of them, and it cost us. And, like, maybe we should have been going for – if you miss – you get one touchdown and throw one interception into the end zone. That's actually better than kicking two field goals. <laughs> Might not feel better because you feel like you left points out there, but it's actually better. But you it's at least
3: time. try. You at least try. Well, well it's
2: it's just math. It's yeah. seven points instead of six. Yeah. You'd rather throw it in the end zone twice and have one intercepted than settle for two field goals um, just on paper. Um, But I I think, yeah, so I get all of that. But, again, I think it's just, it is, again, stealing Mr. throw. This is worry What's making me go nuts is like, look. If nothing in terms of having to rebuild and having to, you know, get better quarterback play means you need to call timeouts with twelve seconds on the play clock on fourth and goal in the four, knowing you might need three timeouts to get the ball back. Right. Like to me, that that's just just run the damn play. And by the way, the play they drew up was like the same play they'd run on the previous play. It wasn't even <laughs> So it wasn't like, wow, we got this thing in the bag that we call this time out and just like walk through it, it's gonna hit. It was the same play again. Um it was the same throw. So I just I I I don't don't that part that part is frustrating. I don't think like I'm not actually as as it was obviously the most painful loss of the year. But I am not at all worried that we're going to get into a situation where we can kneel it and this man will not kneel the ball. I think for the rest of his life, he is going to kneel the ball. Like, I think we're good on that. But this other kind of management, even even that whole last drive, you're losing. You cannot run the clock down to zero. Like, was he trying? It looked like we were trying to punch that in with five seconds left in the game and get to overtime, which is not exactly. I mean, I know we've won two overtime games here, but. There was plenty of time to go down, score, yeah. get a stop. I guess he's not trusting the defense in that game, which again maybe it's fair. But go <laughs> there's time to go down, get a stop, get the ball back, get your All American kicker to bomb a winning field goal. Like there was plenty of time to do that, and I, I felt like they kind of you know shuttered in and, and put a lot on the offense having to score in the red zone, which has not been a bit of strength of this team, and it showed up again. And I don't know, I don't have a good answer on that, but I do. You know, Ralph was also asking about getting more creative and scheme better. I mean, the offense clearly, like, moved the ball well on, on on Saturday and put up a ton of yards and a ton of points, and it wasn't enough. But, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Do you think, like, at this stage – because I know, DJ, you're talking about year three in Miami. He's obviously head coach of Oregon. Successfully, mind you, like, for, we forget he won the Pac-12 twice. He finished ranked fifth in the country once there. This is not a guy who was not at success. So, I mean, I think there's a lot, little bit of – hand for our fan base which is understandable based on um you know some of the heartbreaking ways this team has lost game but also like this is not a man who does not know how to lead a program not a coach he's proven he can do that at a high level conference um the man's won a rose bowl like <laughs> i don't think this is very different i know i would say it's just like randy shannon and 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 al golden i was like those guys had no track record of success and right. they and they can't and they have none since they left <laughs> Right. right, I mean, this is a different. This is a paradigm shift in the caliber of coach we brought in. So, I think that does warrant more patience and more time because he's proven he can do it somewhere else. Uh, but, Blue, I, I don't know. Do you think do coaches you know better than I would or DJ would like in the off season do they look at things like this? Like, because I know it's something. Look, I'm saying it. I know a lot of our fans are talking about how's he ever going to get better at managing games if he's like because he's the head coach. Like, if the head coach is a problem with that, who's going to tell him? Like, is this something that coaches look at? you think it's something that you'll maybe evaluate a little bit?
5: Uh, you know, you make a great point. And, and as much of a detailed guy as Mario is, you have a long off season. There's a lot of days that people come in, you know, the coaches come in and they're watching film and they're scouting people and they're getting ready for the camps and there's spring. But there's a lot of days that you could pull your defensive coordinator, you're often basically now, in this case, your offensive ca- coordinator off and go into the film room for four five six hours get your lawn served in there and go over scenarios of all these games especially this year and what you can do better and i think that this louisville game was a prime example as you mentioned vish that they could go in there and look at every play and every scenario and say hey wait a minute let's back this up what should we have done you know thinking ahead. I mean, obviously it's really, it's easier said than done to say, well, we should have done this and that without any opposition because no one's providing you a counter, uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint or whatever, but that's why you have your defensive coordinator and one of the best defensive coordinators. You play chess against each other. You have to, you got to devote a day or two during the week in the off season to making sure that your time management, that your play calling, that your scenarios. And I know they do this during the week in practice, but I don't think they, I think they do it just from preparation for a game on what a coach and a team have tendencies to have done in the past, but you got to remember football is a chess match. And if you don't make adjustments, you lose. And that's just the way it is. And so, to me, I think you have to be, and I, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but you got to be better prepared all the way around. And I don't think sometimes Miami goes on in in the games, and it's evident on some of the calls that they make. And you know what? Somebody brought a uh, to my attention on in that Georgia Tech game. You had an offensive coordinator. You had a head coach and a quarterback who had a lot of experience in on that scenario. And why didn't one of the guys like your offensive coordinator or your quarterback go, well, wait a minute, coach, don't you think we should take a knee here? You got to because Tyler Van Dyke isn't afraid to say something, you know, else. He said it before, you know, he's, he's audible at the line of scrimmage, you know to me i would just take a time out and say hey, coach you know i don't know if handing off is going to be the right thing to do here i mean what if we lose the ball this way if i just i mean i'm just saying you know in scenarios you have to go over everything and there's no way a, a, a major call or any coach in in college or high school should not be that adept to say hey wait a minute we need to just take a knee you know i mean any percentages there's no percentage in the game of football and i'm harping on this one situation is because it cost a it cost a game it didn't just you know oh well, we lost that play This cost a game and that's what i'm saying you have to be uh, you have to be in a situation of being prepared could you ever imagine that happening in alabama no that's not going to happen in Alabama. It's no, but, but I, I
2: do think, I do think, you know, if it were to happen in Alabama, they'd probably get away with it because the defense wouldn't go up a touchdown like that. And I think yeah, yeah, well. what tends to happen is we, and this is where I say we're a little bit snake And also we just, we make a lot of these micro mistakes that in a vacuum, you might see a team mistake make. We make a lot of those that you don't see a team making all of those in the same game. Then you end up losing a close game. It's like any one of those. I mean, here's a good example. End of the first half. I mean, the roughing the passer call on Ruben Bain was a, a trush, atrocious call that gave Louisville a touchdown essentially because they're about to have to kick that field goal. Um, and instead, they got first and goal in the four and were able to score. But the drive before that, I do think, and and I do I do want to get everyone's opinion on Dawson because apparently everyone's to fire him, and I don't agree. But anyway, um, I will, Jeff, friend of the show, um, but. The previous possession, I thought the offense actually managed it well because there's about two and some change left. And what you want to do is get one first down and then open up and try to drive down. And they, I don't know what Don Chaney was doing when he ran out of bounds three yards short of the first down when he could have easily gotten another five or six yards. And that killed that drive. That's a player execution issue because he caught it heading up the field and just veered out of bounds. I'm like, hey, I mean, what do you do there if you're – I know we want to all point at the coaches and like, it's just a player mistake. And those mistakes happen. We just seem to make a lot of those. And that's not a play where you look at it and be like, Oh, that's the worst play I've ever seen. Or how could you do that? Stuff like that does happen, but we end up paying for it when we make a personal foul. That wasn't a personal foul. And they punch it in right at the end of the half. And now you're, you're tied instead of up a touchdown going into the half. You know, it's like, we, we tend to just get paid for our, for like, like when we do things that should work out, they tend to not when we, the most likely scenario at the end of that Georgia tech game was they call Cheney down game is over and you're like, God, we're a bunch of idiots, but we got away with it. <laughs> Not, I cannot believe we lost that game. Right. I mean, so it's just one of those, it's been one of those years. And, and I think then it's easier to, to focus. I do think it would have been hard for TBD in the moment to try to overrule his head coach and offensive coordinator and say, Hey, I know the clock better than you guys do. Let's kneel this. Um, the other thing is, Ooh, to your point, though, we didn't have to call a timeout because they were bur- there was a timeout after every one of those plays because they were yeah. calling them. <laughs> so we were going over to the sideline after first down, going over to the sideline after second down, huddling, thumbs up, um, and uh, and and had every opportunity for someone over on the whole sideline to say, "Hey," especially before the one we fumbled on, even though we didn't fumble. There's less than forty seconds on the clock right there. You just have to kneel it. So it was no, I hear that. what you're saying. It was, it was actually worse than it was worse than you thought. We didn't have to call a timeout to discuss. They were going over on every they were time they that Georgia Tech was calling those timeouts. So so it was there was ample time to talk that through. But I, I, I'd like to get your thoughts. I mean, again, actually, Gidry today, you know, addressed there's some rumors he might be going to LSU. He talked about that, you know, say he's happy here or whatever. We'll see how that plays out. But um Shannon Dawson has kind of come under the microscope. Um, Certainly not just for his play calling, but, I mean, he is the quarterback's coach. And if we talk about what the weakness on this team was, you know, that is all that is his his role to coach. And then, obviously, the prodigal son, Ken Dorsey, was fired last week, so he's sitting there. (laughs) Um, um, What are your thoughts, I guess, overall on on his coaching? Um, Is he going to – do you think – i i would be surprised if he's not the offensive coordinator here next year i'm just gonna put that out there i know and i do think continuity matters secondary in a system for a lot of his kids will do them a lot of good and i think a lot of kind of the mic what i'm calling micro errors tend to go away when you're more comfortable in your system so i don't think he should be fired i'm gonna be blunt about that too uh, but i know a lot of fans want him gone um Blue, I'll start with you. What What are your thoughts on kind of the overall job
5: uh, Dawson has done this year? I agree with you. He'll be back next year. I mean, he's got to be. You, you just can't just say, okay, one year and that's it. Give him a year to get familiar. You remember he wasn't here last year at this time. He was hired. Remember how they this this the very the late, very late. Yeah, the coordinators were ushered in pretty quick. You know, um, I think he'll be back again next year. And uh, he'll have a full off season. This all of Januarys and Februarys is going to be very important to him. Uh, but again, you got to have a quarterback. See, if you knew you had a uh, a quarterback coming back or one coming in that's going to come in in January, you could just lock the doors and spend all the time with him. He did that with DVD or TVD, but it was kind of like. Uh,
0: uh, What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat
5: four weeks, three weeks before spring. So I think it'd be, you see, and that's the thing I don't, you know, kind of get upset about is that you didn't leave the season with a defined quarterback coming back. Uh, yeah, Emery did a nice job, but he's not ready. He showed that in FSU. He showed that in Georgia Tech or Clemson rather. Um, but that to me is the most important thing, his relationship. So to just throw him out, after less than a year is not fair. Let's give him another year. And if we're in this situation next year, there's going to be a lot of people in trouble if we're in the same situation next year. But I think he would be, you know, he'll be moving on. And it's just tough for me to believe how somebody could be so good and all of a sudden forget to be good. You know I mean? So he has to have some instinct somewhere. And, yeah, I know. I hear all the time, oh, well, Houston had all this talent. Well, Miami's got talent. You just got to learn to put them in the right places and call the right plays. And I just need to believe that he has to expand his his uh, his offensive playbook a little bit more and stop running off tackle and doing bubble screens. And you know what? Those jet, jet sweep I love. That the misdirection I love. You got to do those things. Everybody does those things. And you got. And it's a shame to have a Burchard Smith and a Ray Ray Joseph and not utilize their blazing speed. And to me, getting those guys into space. Can you imagine if they ran the same routes as Restrepo did? They'd have double the the yards because they're faster. They can get away. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Restrepo, but he's a possession kid. At the end of the day, he's a possession receiver and does a pretty good job. And he'll, he'll take I mean, that was kind of not characteristic for him to go, what, 65, 70 yards or whatever he went, that long play. But – um I just don't think they're using imagination and i'm mortified that the tight ends are not involved at all we don't all we heard about was arroyo when will mallory was oh don't worry arroyo's gonna be the best ever he's gonna be better than jeremy shockey and you know what we've never given any of these guys a look and we're you know to me you got a couple of young kids that you brought in last year i would that would be my objective to really get the tight ends involved because Aren't they great valves to have? I mean, you know, you look, in, you you look at Louisville's offense. You look at Iowa's offense. Uh, you look at programs that utilize a tight end, but still but still has their receivers and their slots and their running backs. So I think we need to diversify the offense a little bit more. And uh, listen, I know about what it takes in the offseason. I go to a lot of events, and I know how much time you have on your hands. And I know you don't want to run these guys ragged during the off and get them in there at five o'clock in the morning and make them leave at twelve midnight. But there's going to be a little bit more emphasis, you know. Let let the other guys recruit, but your coordinators need to be in that, you know, in there, just going over every scenario possible. Maybe expanding the playbook, getting it. But they got to get a quarterback right away. I mean, I we're talking January type stuff. I think we need well, two. Well, two, I agree, but get because- one you know, to start with and then get your second one. But that's what I would do. And that's what he didn't have time to do last year is spend that time. So that that's all I need. I, I don't want to get rid of. I think yeah, so the coaching staff he, we have now is yeah. a good coaching staff. Yeah, right? and I, I think he looked a lot
2: better as a coordinator in this game when all of a sudden TVD could throw like we've like we shown at times times um during his career like that one play where he rolled on flicked his wrist and threw 40 yards over the safety's head and dropped it onto the strip and it's like that's why they kept everyone's like why they keep forcing him out there it's because he could do that um and and you know it makes the offensive corner we loved Austin a lot better when the quarterback was playing better right, right? Yeah, And, and right. that makes yeah. everything look a lot better um and you know the offense played well last weekend because the quarterback played a lot better and all of a sudden those plays that aren't working, they work when TVD can throw it 40 yards on a rope and drop it onto a dime. Like then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. the offense looks good. Um, but yeah, I think we need to. I agree with you, Blue. We need one guy's the guy. We also need a functional backup. Yeah, no, one. no,
5: I agree with and, you.
2: And and we don't know what's going on with Jakari Brown's even gonna be back. We know we know Emery Williams is dealing with an injury, supposed to be ready for spring ball, but he needed this bowl practice, he need all that development time. That's really gonna hurt his growth. Yep. Yeah. Even if he's healthy for spring, Judd Anderson's a project. Like you cannot just have TBD leave, which I think we all agree is going to hit the portal. Yeah, and then just replace him with a portal quarterback and can be like, "We're good." It's the same quarterback room. Then what if that guy gets injured? Because in total North hurt. Carolina injured TBD, and it, and the fact that it caused him to kind of mentally lose it, because that was more mental than physical. What we were seeing when he was struggling those games is reason number one why he can't. You can't be the quarterback here anymore after this year, right? I mean, that's for sure. Um, But like, we're just a play away from being in that same position again next year. Even if you get a stud, you could get the second coming of Michael Penix. And if he gets injured in the first game, you're in the same boat you are again. So there needs to be, because again, we have not built that's the one position we just have not built the depth in and we've not stacked the classes and it shows up on the. So that's definitely, and that'll be a big, that'll be a big, you know responsibility for for dawson to go get not just look there's gonna as blue said, as uh dj said earlier a lot of these guys are gonna enter the portal well we should be able to land a a bang on this guy could be a starter well we have to do it
3: quickly we have to do it quickly because there's also a lot of other teams looking for a quarterback and right you know there and i'm not just and there when it comes to offseason hires especially last year and stuff there was no sense of urgency or anything like that, and I'd love to see a little more urgency when it comes to, I've, you know, I identifying and landing talent because we can't afford to wait. And I think, ultimately, the quicker we land a quarterback, the quicker it'll help Dawson. So I'm not really ready to write Dawson off yet either.
2: I would give him at least another year. Right, but it is on him. Like, he's a yeah. quarterback's coach. He's got to go get one of these guys out of the portal. We'll see who enters. That, like, okay, that's a top. <laughs> let's say 15 quarterback in the country right one right right he needs to do that and then number two he needs to unearth someone that we could potentially you know that could start potentially that's willing to okay you're probably gonna you know you always always him we'll let you compete but he's gonna pretty much know i'm gonna lose this job to the to the other guy and he's willing to come in here and be the backup maybe he's got a little bit more eligibility left he thinks he can start down the road whatever because you need two guys and Dawson needs to go find them he's he's uses recruiting connections whatever he's got in there and we need more than 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 one um and and frankly if 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 Jakari Brown transfers which is not off the table for sure given that he has not taken a snap this year and TVD hits the portal which I think he's going to do on Saturday I would have a rough room well well we might be direct snapping to Burchard in the bowl (laughs) because we don't have another quarterback (laughs) So I'm assuming we'll play a walk on, but like, that's how bad the room is. So it needs to be treated. Blue to your point, that's your emergency. Yep, you've got to fix that room, and that has to start on Saturday. Yep, no time. You got to go fix that room on Saturday. You got to start doing that Um, because that that whole room that we've been saying a lot of like TBD this TBD that TBD is definitely like fourth year junior should be a lot better than he played this year. Also, he shouldn't be the only option. And I think, I think there's two problems there, and we got to address the depth. Last question I want to ask on this, I'm going to do some price picks. I want to talk a little bit about BC before we get out of here. So uh, Ralph mentions Dino Babers a little closer to home, maybe Ken Dorsey. Would you be interested in bringing in one of these kind of more experienced offensive coaches as an analyst, or do you think that will kind of like step on Dawson's ability to kind of run the – what What are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, that's what the Alabamas of the world do, it, but they do it with um, – um, they do it with the um, – they do it with more experienced coaches. So when you have, you know, Bill O'Brien, who's been an NFL head coach, he's not going to look over his shoulder because, like, you know, there's an analyst that used to be a head coach. It's a little bit different with someone like Shannon Dawson. I don't know what either of you – if you all want to give an opinion on on uh, the thoughts of bringing maybe an offensive analyst with a lot more experience than maybe our offensive coordinator.
5: I don't think they'll do that. I don't. Well, yeah, I...
3: that would be stepping on toes, in my opinion. And quite honestly, we 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 had a situation sort of similar to that last year and it didn't work out well at all. So I don't think I would go down that route again. I mean, he would be a good get, but I don't see it happening.
2: That That's a it's an excellent point. Uh, DJ, we did have too many Indian, too many Chiefs, not oh, Indians last yeah, year, yeah, and it feels like almost recreating that in a, in yeah. a way with, by putting. Some we don't with, want to do that again. <laughs> with, I mean, it depends on how engaged the analyst right. is, right? If it's someone that's just kind of, I mean, there's been some of these analysts don't even go to the school that they're like, they just do it remotely. They get on. That's why some calls of these with programs the
3: can have so many analysts, right? right. But so yeah. something like
2: that, I think I'm okay with it. Not if they're gonna be like in the room right. at that at the athletic center, like looking over Dawson's shoulder and telling him what he's doing wrong. Um that I don't that no. that I don't want. Cause again, if you don't trust Dawson to run this offense, get him out of here. But I, right. I think I think I think Mario does. And, and I think it's important that we we have that continuity, just like we've had continuity with with our sponsor for the what? last year or two, pricefix.com. Um so, pricepicks.com is your daily fantasy. Uh, it's pretty simple. You bet two, you you pick two to five players. You bet the over under on their their lines. You'll get stuff like quarterbacks' yardage thrown, or number of touchdowns, or interceptions. You know, running backs outside of football. You know, basketball points scored, rebounds, whatever the stat. Um, you you'll get that, and then you bet over under two to five players. Uh, you pick. If you hit them all, you get paid out. The more. You add to your to your bet, the more you would potentially win. Um, it's up to 25 times uh, the amount you put in there. And if you open a new account now and your first deposit, you use the offer code 5. That is F-I-V-E, the word 5 spelled out. PricePix.com and 5 Reasons Sports will will match your first deposit up to $100. So that is pricepicks.com. Offer code five. That is the word five spelled out. F I V E.
4: The Six Rick Kane Show. Yeah. The Six Rick Kane Show. Yeah. The Six Rings Kane Show. Ha, ha. You know.